We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Feel like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dame Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you Monday morning. It's December 11th. The Wolves play in New Orleans tonight. So today, I'm not going to focus too much on that specific game. Maybe at the end, we'll kind of zoom out and look at what this schedule is coming up, which is definitely much tougher over the next few weeks than it has been the last week. They got Pelicans, Mavs, Pacers this week, then Heat. Sixers, Lakers, and Kings all before Christmas again. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but we have Chris Hine here. Chris from the Star Tribune Wolves beat writer. You wrote a story that I think can kind of start us off. Uh, just just four numbers that kind of explain why the Wolves uh, are in first place or have the best record in basketball right now. We'll get there in a second. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, that could have been five numbers. It could have been 10 numbers. Really, I was just limited by space. And once I got to a certain point, I was like, well, I should just stop listing numbers now because I <laughs> won't be able to fit all this in the paper. So yeah. so we kept it at four. No, uh, I, I liked it. It's just like it's uh, it's topics that relate to why this team is better this season, you know, mm-hmm. and, and these are things to track over, over the course of time. I like how some of them are areas that, you know, they've struggled in a season ago versus uh, where they are now. Obviously that's intuitive as to why it's making this team yeah. uh, better. I think no more glaring than uh, the third quarters, right? Um, yeah. Previous, previous couple of years, that has been a place where the wolves deflated. Um, I, I hadn't looked this up myself, but Uh, You had they have the second best third quarter net rating or point differential um, after being 23rd in that a year ago. Kyle and I were talking about that a little after the game of like, what exactly is that attributable to? Is that a coach? Is that a player? Is that a overall everything? What, What do you think about that in how much? I know just from us sitting there on media row being like, uh oh, it's the third quarter. Right. You know, and <laughs> that, now was all, that was all last season. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. now you're kind of yeah. like, all right, like third quarter, kind of expect a, a run. Uh, how much does that surprise you and what do you attribute it to? I think I think it's such a dramatic turnaround that it does surprise me. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the thing last year is 
that was always something that was held against Finch, right? It was it was always oh third quarter he you know the other team is making adjustments and the Wolves don't seem to do anything. They come out lifeless. Like what's he doing in there for yeah. fifteen minutes? Yell or, at or whatever. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So so I mean you know if you're gonna blame Finch for some of that, I think you got to give him credit for sure. the the way that they've played this year. I think it just speaks to the overall mentality of the team though. Sure. And, you know, they made a lot about trying to be a more mature team. And there were areas that that shows more than others. And I think this is one of them. Sure. When you have halftime, you have adjustments or if you, you know, have a lead, you don't come out and and blow it in the third quarter. If you're struggling on a given night, how many times have we seen them kind of struggle through the first half with some of yep. these lesser teams, and then the third quarter comes around, and that's where they break yep. the game open. That's happened a lot mm-hmm. this season. So I think it just speaks to the overall improved focus and maturity that this group has had this year, and I think that's this is an area that this shows maybe more than, than any is just – it's an intangible thing. It's hard to say, like, you know, do, have they have they changed their approach to how they handle halftimes? We haven't really asked about that. I don't even know how you would do that, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, We've heard I, a couple of things about, like, that one game where Elson Turner, the defense Turner got, got mad. In. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you know like what I'm that. just thinking of on, on the spot here is you mentioned the sort of the pattern of what normally precedes like that third quarter knockout punch. It's normally like not like going into halftime with a one or two point lead or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm just off again, off the top of my head. I don't know the numbers on this exactly, but I remember thinking like a year ago when they would get, when the third quarters would be bad, it was kind of like taking their foot off the gas. It felt like, cause they were up 16 or whatever at halftime. So if we're looking for things that are different and maybe, maybe the closeness of the game is leading to more, a greater like desperation to like not to get going as soon as the third quarter starts rather than sure. Yeah. I I just remember that a handful of times being like, Oh, I don't know. Like, they right, kind they're, of coasted they're, they're, into they're up, Right, they're up like ten yeah. or twelve at halftime, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden, within the first three or four minutes, it's down to right. two or it's tied. That, but that being said, they are a good second quarter team too. So they are like, yeah, you know, I think I think their net rating is in the double digits in second quarters as well. To the yeah, good. It, um, it's like the first. It's the the first that's the lowest. The right? first, yeah, yeah. Between, I haven't looked yeah. this up myself, but. So they're starting a little slower, mm-hmm. at least relative to what they do the rest of the game. But yeah. you know, kind of as the game goes along, they they mm-hmm. find their rhythm um, and they you know clamp down defensively. As as we know, I mean, how many times have teams you know again come out of a halftime and the Wolves limit them to like twenty points or twenty two right. points, and then they're scoring thirty two or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and and there's that there's that ten. 10 point gap in a third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it really does seem to be, they, there was something they were harped on and criticized for rightly a lot last year. Booed by the fans. The booed by the fans. Yeah. We, we asked them ad nauseum about it. Um, and uh, same thing about, you know, losing to the likes of Detroit and Houston and Charlotte and all that yeah. last year. Like, like those, those kind of things went hand in hand with the criticisms of last year's team and it's gone away this year. Um, and I, I don't think we've, I, I, we haven't really made too much about this recently, or at least mm-hmm. in terms of their, their good story. We've talked a lot about 
a lot of the good things, but I think this has gone kind of overlooked from from our perspective in the Wolves beat media. Yeah. That, hey, hey, they're they're really good in the third quarter, whereas last year they stunk. Well, it's just because we're negative, Chris. <laughs> we're very negative people. That's right. <laughs> um, uh, next thing you had up in there was. Uh, Defensive rating when Gobert is off the floor. And uh, this one's really interesting to me, man, because I think it's going to define a lot of what this defense is. I think we know, like, this team's going to finish, like, barring injury, whatever. We know this team's going to finish as a top five defense. But if they do finish the year as a the top, top defense, I think it will be because these the defensive numbers that have been good thus far this season – with Rudy off the floor, sustain. And, you know, I'm, I'm somewhat dubious of that. Um, mm-hmm. we, we've kind of been tracking this mention in it throughout the year that they haven't been shooting three. Opponents haven't been shooting threes well against the Wolves when Rudy's right. off the floor. I looked it up this morning. Um, opponents are making 35.3% of their threes when Rudy is on and 31.2% when Rudy is off. Uh, you also wrote about that. We could maybe we could just talk about that whole general yeah, idea all of, together. Of, yeah. of, of yeah. three point defense, but mm-hmm. um, you know that's a that's a factor there. Obviously, we just know that like you're losing Gobert, so there probably should be some sort of delta between the two with Rudy on, Rudy off, and I just think it's going to be very uh, defining this season of of what they can do, maybe how they can massage rotations, right? That I, I think I was talking to Britt or Kyle was like, maybe Jaden once he's back is not also gets in with that second unit when it's like the Carl Nas front court right. that adds a little bit of defense to that group. Um, maybe gives Jaden a little bit more offensive opportunity when that time comes. But I think this is just a question of how sustainable do we believe that uh, what was the number one Oh six defensive rating with mm-hmm. Rudy off the floor is I think we know it's going to raise some. It, is it going to raise a lot? You know that, that that's the big question here, right? And I, I thought it was you know notable that you know I looked up the numbers from when he was in Utah because it was the whole does he have a great you know a good enough supporting cast defensively in Utah? Sure. You know is that why he got played off the floor in the playoffs or? Or whatnot, and you know the the gap was significantly bigger in in Utah for at least one of those years, and it was I think like maybe a seven point or so difference mm-hmm. um, in another in another one of those years, like the last two years that Rudy was in Utah, there was a mm-hmm. a, a big gap sure. between when he was on and when he was off the floor. So I, I just thought it was notable to look that up because it plays into what does he have around him? What kind of def- defenders do you have? Which is, that's and, probably the main thing here. I'm, yeah. I'm, again, I'm doing the negative thing of like, right. <laughs> how, how is this maybe not true? <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the other, the other, the other part is, you know, if, if Jaden doesn't play tonight, they will have played just as many games this season without Jaden as they have with him. And even in two of those games, he was, mm-hmm. he was out early in the first quarter when he got ejected in the other one, he got hurt in. Yeah. So they, they haven't had Jaden McDaniels for more than half the season right, right. now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I would, I would also throw that in there. Um, well, and, and that's the point here too, right? Which mm-hmm. really, this is the overall like 
theme around the wolves and sustainability and belief in this is like, can you believe in Rudy Gobert and a Rudy Gobert led defense in the playoffs? And the reason to believe in it more is substantially better perimeter defenders on this Minnesota team uh, or just surrounding overall defensive personnel than those Utah teams had. And so to that end, like it makes sense that the defensive rating would still be good with Rudy off the floor, just because the other eight guys in the rotation are better than the other eight guys that were in the rotation um, with, with Rudy and Utah. So I think, again, you can use this. And I think there's some merit to using this stat of like, look at the defense with Rudy off the floor. That's reason to believe that this team and this thing is more sustainable, maybe not only just for the regular season, but for the playoffs Mm -hmm. uh, as well. We've been talking about that a little bit. Uh, last week, I actually brought up that you were sitting there too. I brought up yeah. a conversation uh, that me and Britt and you had with uh, that that scout, mm-hmm. uh, just because I thought that was, you know, I thought that was interesting. I think I, I disagreed with him, but it, it's it was interesting to know that there is really a thought around the league that yeah, no, hundred percent that they don't believe it. They don't yeah. believe in Rudy. They don't believe in the defense, at least uh, in a playoff setting, and it's. I don't know. I think the only way to grow that belief is to watch this team all the time, right? And be like, it's yeah, pretty I, I, damn I'm, good. I'm, I'm, I'm with, I'm with you because I do, I do feel like if you haven't watched this team on a on a regular basis, and you know, if you're, you know, observing the league, you know, you're you're not really mm-hmm. always tuning into every Timberwolves game, but if you're if you watch, you know, a handful of Wolves games you know that Rudy is moving better than at any point in his career along the perimeter. You know that, you know, they have good perimeter defenders who can stay in front of guys where, you know, Rudy might not have to come over and help as much Mm -hmm. in front of the rim in a given situation. So I I think, I think, and I wonder, and I wonder how much of, you know, and, and I didn't. Re- I didn't really ask this. I probably should have when I did the story on the defense a couple of a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, the Elston, um, the Elston Turner one. Um, I probably should have asked how much of what happened in Utah did you guys look at and say, well, we can't build our defense like this sure. because once the playoffs roll around, we're screwed. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, remember- I don't know if that had. I don't know if that had a big impact on. It. I just know that that Finch and Elsa yeah. Turner like to play an aggressive style of defense, mm-hmm. more aggressive than they played Utah, and yeah. that's that's kind of where this has come from. But I'm I'm with you in the sense that I don't know that the that the narrative of Rudy getting played off the floor, or like you know, teams game planning for him. If, if you're game planning against the the Wolves' defense. Uh, in a playoff series, I feel like you'd want to pick on somebody else other than. Well, I, I mean, I, I would think that in a playoff series, you mm-hmm. know, if, if I'm going through it and being like, where are the Wolves susceptible? I'm thinking mm-hmm. about the minutes when Rudy is off the floor defensively. Right. right. I'm, I'm thinking like making Cat and Nas and even Kyle, you know, move in space and chase and do all those sort of things. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I can't completely remove Rudy's lack of playoff success from the overall equation here. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know, man, in the grand scheme of things to pick on when the playoffs come around, I think that's going to be a factor, but way overhyped in 
I, I think there would be other things to pick at that would be more profitable. I think for opponent. That's I think I think if if I was an opponent, I would want to make Anthony Edwards work as much as possible on the defensive end of the floor because I feel like you know that that can affect his offense on the other mm-hmm. end. Like that's something that he's talked about. And yeah. the Wolves have talked like whoever Ant is guarding, just have that guy run through a bunch of screens and make mm-hmm. Ant have to have to really work on the defensive end. That would that would be something. I, that would be priority one or two on my offensive game plan is let's try to tire him out mm-hmm. so make he, him chase like Nikhil has to chase right exactly it looks and hard as hell so tire him out <laughs> yeah. so he's less willing to take the yeah. ball to the to the bucket on the other end of the floor and that he settles mm-hmm. for more jump shots yeah that would be that would be my my scouts take at least on this team yeah i i, I mean again like let's see another six, 61 games away from the, <laughs> the playoffs but uh mm-hmm. I, I don't know like it would almost be productive at some point to be like, oh, yeah, this was a game or situation in which Rudy didn't work. I mean, I've kind of like pointed to the Sacramento game, but I, I don't know. That's like, it. But that's it. It's, that's it's one it. of it's one of yeah. 21 games where they had mm-hmm. an off night defensively. You know, yeah, it's it's that just goes to show you just how consistent it's been, how not matchup proof it's been, but. You know, kind different, of. different stylistically teams over 21 games, good teams, average teams, slower teams, quicker teams, smaller teams, yeah. uh, you know, and it's it's held up mm-hmm. pretty much against everybody so far this season. Uh, you have a, a couple more I want to get to, but first we'll take a break. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Falling Knife Brewing Company. We want Falling Knife. Wolves got a lot of games here on the road, and we want Falling Knife to be your place that you go to um, when you're wanting to watch a Wolves game in, in Minneapolis when they're they're out of town. Uh, obviously tonight against the Pelicans, um, Falling Knife will have the game on the the sound on on their projecting projector screens. A lot of people have been going and watching the games there. Also Thursday uh, against Dallas is uh, another another road game there as well. So. Um, I don't know if on a Monday night you're not feeling it. Thursday night, uh, maybe that would be a uh, a better time to to go check it out there too. But um, I, I also think, you know, listeners, you know that Falling Knife uh, supports this company, um, and they can. We would love it if they were a place that you support too. I know a lot of it's it's not an uncommon uh, adult stocking stuffer, if you will, to get like a six pack of craft beer to give to a family member or something like that. So uh, whether you go for a game or just want to uh, pick up some uh, beer for the holidays, uh, we really do recommend Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis. Um, all right, Chris, let's uh, let's keep moving on here. The, the other stat, and this is another one that it's like, how good should we feel about it? Um, mm-hmm. They rank better in defensive rebounding this season than they did a year ago. They are still below average in ranking. Um, And I actually looked it up this morning. They've allowed offensive rebounds on 29% of opponent shots. And last season, when they ranked 26th, they allowed offensive rebounds on 28.5% of opponent shots. So they've actually given up offensive rebounds more frequently this year, even though they rank better in the stat, which just means apparently offensive rebounding is is up uh, around the league the league i guess or maybe maybe some of these are like there's some stats um like pop early in the season and then kind of like normalize over the course of time i've just kind of noticed that like tracking over the years i think 
the thing is, is we should say, if we are, again, um, looking for areas of, you know, some progression over the course of the season, this is the main one. I, I really think so, is, is defensive rebounding and securing the ball, ending possessions, because we know this has been a problem for this team for the past two seasons. Personnel-wise, I believe in it uh, a lot more. I actually looked it up, and the numbers with Cat on defensive rebounding are bad. But to my eye test, Cat's actually been really good there. You know, we're, we're still 21 games into this, so one game where a bunch of offensive rebound happened can really distort some of these numbers. How do you just – how much better do you think this team is at defensive rebounding than they were a year ago? I know the numbers say they aren't, but I think it's one of those – context applies here stats um that it's somewhat better right i, I think it, i think somewhat better is is good is the right way to do it mm-hmm. because i think rudy being better overall is has helped that number mm-hmm. and i i do think ant has gotten a, a little better at least to my eye yeah i actually and, and is more willing and mm-hmm. and wanting to to rebound more i i don't have his numbers in front of me but so- yeah, I'll throw this up on the screen, mm-hmm. and sorry, it has to stay a little bit small so it all Ooh. fits in there. So, All right, spreadsheets. Let's go yeah. cleaning the glass. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. So the defense is <laughs> defensive rebounding is helped most by Rudy this year. Mm-hmm. Second most is Anthony Edwards, and that, that stood out to me. And that, yeah. that, again, right, this is a number that checks out in my eye test. I think Ant has been more assertive on the defensive glass this year. Statistically, mm-hmm. that's a progression there. I think it's somewhat notable that uh, Shake Milton um, has also the Wolves of defensive rebounded well uh, with Shake out there. But then, yeah, this was the one that stood out to me. Like Carl Carl and the Nikhil um, in those lineups are the ones where it's um, they've taken the hit uh, on defensive rebounding most. Uh, I I don't know. Again, I I really feel like with uh, with Carl to my eye test to watching his intention defensively rebounding i think that's that's been better so i'm not gonna freak out about about that number um but yeah i I would give ant some credit too of being more intentional intentional rebounding this year i I remember i i I think a good example of that is the the game he played uh who who the hell they beat the other spurs right when he came back um like he 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 didn't have it going you know Mm -hmm. shooting wise obviously first came back from injury um, but I remember looking at the at the box room. Like he's got like six rebounds. He's got like like, like six assists or something. Yeah, right, six, I was I was like he's at least kind of even though he doesn't have a shot going, he's at least filling up the mm-hmm. the stat sheet in those areas. And yeah. that that isn't something that always happens with him, mm-hmm. or it hasn't happened in recent sure. years. So I think you know give him a, give him some credit for for being more intentional about it. I still I still you know there's still moments. Where I'm watching them rebound, and they are, you know, yeah. For as much as they want to talk about locating a man and boxing out, they still don't do it. <laughs> they st- they're still just relying on their athleticism. They're not really locating anybody to mm-hmm. to box them out. Um, you know who I will say though, and I mean, mm-hmm. we Nikhil every time he's like yeah. he's like at every that once a or multiple times a game when I'm just like mm-hmm. watching it back, mm-hmm. I'm like wow. Nikhil just did all the, which is funny because he ranked so poorly uh, in in that stat of defensive yeah. rebounding differential. Um, but I, I'm with you too. It, it like comes and goes at least. 
like it feels that, like it. That would be like the the best way to to put it there. So, um, but but you know, like we said, it, it is somewhat better. It, it's not an Achilles heel the way it was a year ago. It's not wrecking this defense at times the way it was a year ago. So they've at least gotten a little bit better at it, and that's made at least a, man, a tonight, bit of a difference. I, yeah, yeah. Tonight, tonight's going to be a Valanciunas yes, as, it, as it always is whenever Valanciunas yeah. is on the floor. Yeah. Um, so it's got to be a, an area of concern. Yeah, it's, I, and I don't think they've lost a game because of rebounding this year, right? Like I don't, I wouldn't point to the Toronto, Atlanta. Phoenix or Sacramento no. being like that's why they lost. And I, rem- I, mean, I remember Sacramento had year? Sacramento at least early. I think early in that game got a bunch of offensive rebounds and that helped. Okay, um, and they got some open looks off of that. At least I at least yeah. No, I, I, I think that checks out. But I don't. I wouldn't like. I mean, we could have at this point twenty one games in the last season. Oh, we could have. We, we could have listed a bunch. Like, oh, they yeah, lost yeah. Okay, see, because of that San Antonio, whatever. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it it, it mm-hmm. hasn't been like a like, like you said a complete uh, Achilles heel for them. Uh, you want to talk about the ant? I mean, we were getting into ant a little bit there, but I mm-hmm. think um, it's worthwhile in particular to talk to you about the ant stuff because the ant injury stuff and what this looks like because you know you're on the road. You're just over the years, right? Ants had my point is ants. This has happened with Ant before, right? Right. Where it's like he comes back, and then the next two or three games are like, well, he kind of played, but he didn't. And you're doing the should have he even played in in the first place sort of thing. And I'm really connecting this hip pointer um, injury that he's dealing with right now to that remember knee tendinopathy he had right. two years ago. And as I understand it. Um, both of those are like pain tolerance issues. And I don't mean that to subtract from the pain of it. I would imagine the pain was, is very serious with that hip and with that knee, but it, they're both the injuries that like the medical staff says you can play because you're not going to do further damage to the injury, but can you manage that pain in the midst of the game. And I remember we were both in Sacramento. Remember that a couple of years ago when Finch was got like a little frustrated about it with Ant. And he's like, well, we need it. He's cleared to play. He needs to tell us if he can't play. I just yeah. remember him. I remember him saying that. And while we haven't asked about that specifically with the hip pointer to Finch, if this is sort of the, the same thing, it kind of feels like it, right? Where it's one of those where it's Ant, you're cleared to play you need to decide are you helping or hurting the team by playing and it's one of those like almost 50 50 things it feels like it's, it, it is it is a, a gray area and and we know that this is the culture that they want to set and yep. and ant obviously is the has now kind of made himself the spokesperson for the anti-load <laughs> management campaign with his right. all-star comments last last season mm-hmm. um but how many times? How many times have we have we watched him play through an injury or something like that, and then we ask him about it afterwards, and it's like, I was really hurting out there tonight, or, or something <laughs> like that. Like that happens a lot too, right? Oh. You know, like like, mm-hmm. and he's at he's got you know all the tape and ice packs uh, all around his body and and everything like that. Um, this is just kind of how he is, you know. Yeah, how he's wired, how the team has contributed to that. I think about, I think about something Finch said 
I want to say it was, I, I forget if it was the, the first year he took over, like mid-season for Ryan, or if it was early in the early in the next season. It might have been early in the next season, but I just I just remember talking to Finch. I think it was a shoot-around in New York, and we were talking about kind of this issue, and I think it was in the context of Jalen Noel um, that hmm. we were talking about it, but... That was when Finch kind of elaborated on, like, well, you know, he, he like we, we've been pushing these guys to, to just play through, you know, if they have a little bit of pain or something like that, it's different than, you know, if you have an injury which you can aggravate long term. But if you're just not a hundred percent, like, you know, we're trying to trying to have these guys just be available. Mm-hmm. That was when he first kind of articulated like the 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 ethos that has become what this team is. is is about the last couple of years. Um, well, so, and to so, your point earlier too, like, and I think particularly with Ant, like Ant at eighty percent is still a really damn good player. Right, exactly. To, to have and, on the floor, and, and, the rebounding, and, the assisting, like you were saying, and just like, just having him on the floor, the defense is gonna have to pay attention to them, yeah. to him because you don't know when he's going to go off. Even if he's yeah. struggling all game, you still have to. Make sure you're you're paying attention to him. I mean, the other thing to keep in the back of your mind is, you know, this year is the All NBA requirements mm-hmm. yeah. are now sixty five games, yeah. right? Right, sixty five mm-hmm. games to make the All NBA team, and Ant stands to make a, a significant yeah. amount of money more mm-hmm. if he plays sixty five games and makes the All NBA team. Yeah. So him, you know, trying to push through and, and play mm-hmm. through is there's also a you know, and it, they'll never admit to it, you know, at least not in the moment, maybe after the fact they will, right. but there's a significant financial reason for Ant to try to play through this injury as well. And and some people might be listening to this and being like, okay, wait, 65. So he can still miss 17 games. Uh, but you don't know what's going to happen later in the season. Like, exactly. does he twist, does he twist an ankle? Does he sprain a knee? Does he have to miss two weeks? Well, you and know, also it helps your all NBA resume to have, 78 games played rather right. than 70 you know it's, it's not just like 65 and you're good like that it and i would imagine with ant that it is going to be you know it's gonna be close i think for all nba i think as of like right now today right. we probably say he if there's 15 all nba spots maybe he's like 14th or something like that um mm-hmm. so but my point is is i do think it's going to come down to some marginal stuff um the main one being are the wolves, the one seed in the West, that's going to do a lot for him. But like down the line, there's other small things and, and factors that people are going to look into with this. And if it's Ant having played 77 games versus whoever else having played 68 like that, that would make a difference. I think in his, his mm-hmm. all NBA campaign too. So yeah, we, we shouldn't remove that factor which is a Correct. big one it's like was like 40 some million dollars like difference right uh in in his contract so yeah i, I think that's i think that that's probably a factor there too i just think if you're if you are ant you need to be um thinking about how much it might kind of discombobulate the game if you do the thing where you play four minutes and then have to come off the floor that changes your entire rotation plan for the night what like your game plan, your all game those plan sort of things. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's, uh, it's honestly, it's, it, I, I think it's, it's on ant, you know, like you, you decide, you communicate with the coach. Um, it's great if you play for you and for the team, 
but not if you have to come out in in the middle of the game. Uh, that's that's really mm-hmm. the that's really the the difference there. I think. I I think that's right. Um, they handled it well against Memphis. Mm-hmm. Obviously, but Memphis, as we know, is, is a shell of itself right now. Um, but you know, over this next stretch of games here, mm-hmm. you might not be able to get away with that as easily, mm-hmm. um, just because the, the schedule is going to really intensify. And and you know, and people always people always push back on you know we and you see this a lot on social media too, where it's like, oh, they should just shut him down for like don't play him for a week. You know, if fans want to err on the side of caution, and yeah, <laughs> and and I get it, but for all the reasons that we just said, like. Mm-hmm. they're not going to do that. Like they're not going to just shut somebody down as a precaution for, mm-hmm. for two games or three games or, or what have you. Like, right. that's just not how this team is wired. So, and they uh, also have so much more information on correct. every one of the injuries that <laughs> yes. any of us do. So it's, mm-hmm. um, you know, like to mm-hmm. argue with it is to presume that the team is, mismanaging the information they have like and making a poor decision off of that i think the factor here is the unknowable element of this is something only ant can know right Right. of what is his pain tolerance in relation to this and so that's why i say it's ant you know it's it's on him to decide and articulate and and have a conversation about how much am I helping myself, helping the team, doing all this other stuff. Because, you know, it also doesn't help your all-NBA case when you have to sub out of a game four minutes into it. That's going to be your game averages, you know, all that. So that's a factor there, too. Today's show is brought to you by Doer Jeans, D-U-E-R. And I'm excited to tell you about Doer Jeans because it's the type of clothing that I wear, professional and polished but comfortable. I'm excited to wear my Dewar Performance Denim jeans to the next Wolves home game. And I really think you're going to want your own pair of Dewar jeans because I just promise you they become that pair of pants that when you open the drawer, you choose them over and over again because you love the way they feel. Dewar jeans are durable and flexible without sacrificing comfort or style. Plus, they're antibacterial, which equals less washing. They have temperature regulating fabrics for all day and all weather comfort. And the all-weather performance denim is wind and water repellent, while the fireside denim is fleece-lined and great for staying warm. Dewar clothes are sustainably crafted to last a long time, so I know they'll be a staple in my closet for years to come. Dewar jeans are one of a kind. They'll make a great holiday gift for you and for those on your holiday list. You can check out Dewar's flagship stores in L.A. or Denver or online at shopdewar.com slash Dane Moore. Right now, my listeners can get 15% off site-wide when you use my special URL, shopduer.com slash Dane Moore. You will want to take advantage of this because Doer never goes on sale. Don't wait to get 15% off. Go now to shopduer.com slash Dane Moore. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app, and Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. I went to a concert last week and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate. And that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, 
It was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone, so no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code Dane Moore for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code Dane Moore, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Chris, let's uh let's move over to the the schedule coming up. You were just kind of mm-hmm. hinting at that. And we said this week it's Pelicans on Monday, uh, or at Pelicans on Monday, at Mavericks on, on Thursday, and then home for the Pacers. Uh, and then the the I'm kind of looking at it in chunks of five. So I'm going Pels, Mavs, Pacers, Heat, Sixers. That's the next five. And what stands out to me about that is one, four of them are on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. But the Pacers are the number one offense, play them. The Sixers are the number two offense, play them. And Dallas is the number three offense, and you play them. I'm interested in this test of the Wolves' number one defense against some of the best or the three best offenses in the NBA the, thus far this season. And I think if we think about the losses thus far this year, kind of removing the Toronto one, Toronto's not a good offensive team. Um, but, you know, that was the first game of the year. 
you look at the Hawks, fifth in offense, Suns, ninth in offense, and Kings, 12th in offense, even better, I think, since since Fox has gotten back. Mm-hmm. The teams that have beaten them, for the most part, have been high-level offensive teams, which I think m- makes this upcoming stretch against really good offensive teams uh, an interesting test. 100%, 100%. And I think – I would also say it, it is a – with Dallas, I think we feel like the Wolves generally match up well with how Dallas plays. So I, I at think least I'm, the Abu Dhabi Mavs, right? <laughs> correct, correct. But, well. but even but even that game last year that they won, yeah. um, in Dallas, and, mm-hmm. and I realized that like Luca, the Luca Kyrie pairing was still in its infancy um, at that point. Well, they shut it down. They shut, but they shut it down pretty well. Um, and uh, what's the latest on Kyrie? Is he is he hurt I, like, or is he? Yeah, uh, it's out indefinitely. Uh, yeah, he got yeah. landed on there. So I, I didn't, I couldn't. I remember when I was like reading those uh, reports yeah. on it. I yeah. I couldn't tell if it was one of those like out indefinitely, as in they haven't determined a timetable for it yet, or. Mm-hmm. Out it definitely in the sense that it means like this might be months that the the player is out. So I don't know. There might I, I haven't looked into it th- this morning here, but yeah. it could be uh, a Dallas team without Kyrie, which you're right does kind of yeah. subtract from my point here. It's still Luca though. Still got to guard. It's still Luca. Luca. Still got to guard Luca, and that's and a probably no yeah. Jaden for that game on Thursday. Still right because it mm-hmm. sounds like he's going to maybe start practicing mm-hmm. this week. I don't know. Like when are when are you like? putting in your head your guess of when McDaniels is back. Um I, I would say maybe yeah later of the week perhaps okay. you know yeah. so not the Mavs game probably Monday not Pels. probably not yeah probably not we're probably looking at the at the week or early next week maybe mm-hmm. um again that's that's not based on yeah information or anything that's just well that's, we, that, no, it that's is just a the progression bit. that's just yeah. the progress right it's it's based on like what they've told us about his progression back mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um well we'll go off of Jordan so Jordan right, right, Jordan right. starts practicing and then like two or three days later was activated. Was activated, know? yeah. And yeah. so if Jaden starts practicing was he, was he listed as questionable for tonight? Is that uh, is that right? Not according to your game preview, I read. Was it? <laughs> well, I, I forget what the injury report said. Yes. Yeah, he's questionable for tonight. McDaniels is listed as Yeah, he's listed as questionable. Okay. So, so yeah. that's a so, step in the right direction. So maybe, um, maybe Dallas on Thursday does happen. Um, yeah. Either way, it's, it's, a, it's about to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and what better mm-hmm. – I mean, is there a single matchup in the NBA mm-hmm. – you would more want to have Jaden McDaniels for it than Gary Luka Doncic. I don't. I mean, I think that's Correct. the yeah. one, right? Um, yeah. So that that would that would make a big that would make a big difference. But I'm just uh, yeah, I'm just interested in tracking this elite defense versus elite offenses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, the few times that the defense has looked rocky for a whole game or for half a game has just been. It felt like teams just kind of blitzed them with points, and they they. The Wolves' defense lost its bite. It's kind of the times where Rudy feels like a just like a half a step behind. You know, yeah. I'm thinking of that Warriors game after the uh, the chokehold from from sure. Draymond. You know, there's just been a handful of like two or three quarter stretches where you're like, yeah, good offense is beating the Wolves' good defense. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see what this looks like. This I'm, week. I'm fascinated by the Indiana matchup personally. Like that's that to me is like could be a really fun, a yeah. fun game. 
Um, I think Indiana's, I think that's a, that could be a schedule advantage for the Wolves. I think Indiana's on a back-to-back in that one. Interesting. Um, okay. I, I think that that's, and I think they're on a road trip as well. So I, I think that that could be a night where the Wolves are catching the Pacers at the right moment. Indiana's um, also awful at defense. They're yes, first in yeah. offense. That's what I mean. It's, it's going to be it's going to be such a, a clash of yeah. you know styles and, and everything that the opposites yeah. of that. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But that's I just think it's going to be a fun basketball mm-hmm. game. Yeah. And in Miami, you know what Miami's about. We'll see if Jimmy plays this time, <laughs> or if he's going to sit yeah. out against the Wolves again. Um, and Philly, they've gone into Philly the last two years in one games. Yep. Now, each time Philly, I think last year, Maxi didn't play when they were in Philly. He had just gotten hurt. Okay. Um, and uh, two years ago, Embiid, you know, Embiid did play two years ago. Um, but it was they, early they, last season when they were played Philly. It was like mid-November. Yeah, they, they played Philly each time in November, I remember. Um, yep. And they came out with like a close win each time and similar, similar ways. They won too. Ant and defended. Carl played in that game. It was like right yeah. before when it was a couple games right before Carl got hurt. If I'm remembering correctly, I'm I'm trying to think it might've been, I think so. Maybe. I'm yeah. Sure. I, I just remember it was around Thanksgiving. Cause I remember it was, yeah. I, I remember I was on the road when Carl got hurt and the okay. game okay. happened there as well. So I'm pretty 99% sure that's, that's the case, but yeah. But, but at, at least yeah. it's an arena where, like, oh, Philly, hostile environment potentially. Like, well, but the Wolves have won each of the last two years in Philly, so. And man, what do we like to the Jokic thing? That's that's kind of like when the defense has looked its best when you can put yeah. Carl on the stud five and have you know Rudy lurk off of him. You know that I don't know how well that will, how much they'll be able to get to that w- against uh, Philadelphia because yeah. You know, there's not an Aaron Gordon as much mm-hmm. there. It's I think like be Batum or something like that. So maybe you can't do that. But we have point is we have seen the Wolves double big look work well against stud centers. I think that's just mm-hmm. something we believe in uh, with with this defense too. But yeah, it's it really is three very as I think about this as we we're talking about it. It's three really good offenses in Dallas, Indiana, and Philadelphia. But in three different ways, kind of. I mean, I would even say the Halliburton um, and Luca one is different in that Indiana is like it's still that like heliocentric one guard sort of thing. Like yeah, Indiana is like pace, pace, pace. Correct. Dallas is who's playing. Dallas is playing faster this year, but we know what a Luca matchup is. It's picking you apart um, in mm-hmm. the half court. So yeah, again, Kyle, we're, Kyle and I were talking about this, mm-hmm. particularly after these last four games. There's almost part of you that's excited to see this team play good teams and maybe even take a loss, you know, uh, along the way where you're like, if it's a productive loss and it's helping you understand, you know, how and where um, you're you're able to get better. They're just going to be more tested uh, this week and and through kind of all the way up to Christmas. They I mean, they've built up the cushion, right? Like that. That's what this start has done. They've they've taken care of business against the team that should have. Every, I mean, there there really isn't many losses. Any other losses are like, except for maybe the Atlanta one, where you're like, that's the only game they probably should have won of the yeah. four. So they've built up enough of a cushion that if they do have a, they haven't even lost consecutive games yet this season. So that's like, that's crazy to think about. So like, if they do have a, a stretch, right? If they do have a stretch where they lose, God forbid, two games in a row, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to panic as a fan base yeah. that they've suddenly lost it. This is potentially the toughest stretch of the schedule they're going to have all season. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll lighten up significantly um, once you hit kind of mid-January, late January. Um, but... You had uh, between now and January 10th, the Wolves will play 16 games, all of them against teams who entered Saturday above 500 with 11 yeah. of those 16 games coming on the road. That's that's really difficult. That's really tough, difficult. That's a tough stretch. Um, so I, a 500 record in these next 16 is a win to me, in my eyes at least. Yeah, because then um, you'd be still be 25 and 12. Yeah, you'd be you'd be yeah you'd be twenty five and twelve. Yeah, and I think all the all the once once you hit January eleventh, mm-hmm. I'd be interested to see all of like the strength of schedule metrics that mm-hmm. those those things that come out or that that people track. Like the yeah. Wolves, I, I'm gonna guess will have the easiest, if not one of. They already do have one of the easiest mm-hmm. remaining schedules, but they might have the easiest remaining schedule once we hit. January 11th because they'll have knocked off so many teams that are decent right now. And they right. still have like a lot of the kind of dregs of the league, like the Detroits and mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking like Chicago and Portland and, right. and, and teams like that remaining on their, on their schedule. It, it will be, it's an interesting stretch in that to whatever you kind of like, I think you define yourself by putting this first chapter of the season together with this next chapter in the sense of like, okay, now we're at that point would be about a month away from the trade deadline, you know? Yeah. And and you start thinking about like, if you are, if they go better than eight and eight and they go 10 and six or something like that, Mm -hmm. you probably have even more belief in this team. Now it's, it further incentivizes kind of a, further all in move. Right. And, and getting mm-hmm. maybe multiple new pieces or uh, one really good piece instead of just something smaller on the margins. I just think we're going to learn a lot in this month. we learned it. We learned a lot and changed our perspective on this team. Like that is all of us who have been watching this team closely. This team is so much better than we thought they were going to be in so many different areas um, to the extent that it's, it's, believable that it's better than we thought is it this good you know is it this as good as this has been and i'm not saying you need to go 12 and 4 over this stretch of time to say it's this good but we will know how real this elite level of play feels after this 16 game stretch because it's hard uh it's against good teams it's once a little bit of that mid-season wall fatigue stuff Starts mm-hmm. hitting, and other teams are going to face that some too. But, uh, I, yeah, I think a, a very defining uh stretch of the season starting. I mean, 16 games might be a little bit big to start thinking about it, but even just this next five game chunk, like, yeah, establish where you're at, you know. And I think it starts tonight, obviously. I, I'm this Pelicans team is like a whole yeah. different team than the. <laughs> The, the sure. team that they faced the first two times. I'm really interested to see how how things go tonight. Match up like that. that like they almost had no business winning that game uh, in New Orleans uh, in yeah. mid November. Um, how they match up with Zion? How they're going to attack the glass? Like you know, mm-hmm. New Orleans is back to almost full strength basically. Yeah. Um, 
you know, so our guy, Matt uh, Ryan's still hurt, but yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. (laughs) Um, but I I mean that blowout loss that they had in the in season tournament aside, I I like what new Orleans has. Like, I think they're, I think they're a tough team. Mm -hmm. Um, and so really Trey Murphy back to Trey Murphy back to, um, yeah, so I, I, it's going to be a, a whole different game than mm-hmm. the two that they played uh, previously this season with this team. It's like way, way too early to even think about this, but I could almost see this being a first-round matchup, you know, mm-hmm. where it's – I, I kind of think if we assume, you know, the Wolves are going to be in the top half of the top yeah. four seed um, in the West, it kind of feels like maybe the Pelicans – We'll settle in at like six or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised. Could it be the three six? Could it be the two seven sure. game? Yeah. Uh, something like that. And to, to that end, if that is the case, mm-hmm. uh, it'd be good to get a game against this Pelicans team at, you know, at full strength. Because yeah. that first matchup against them was completely right that off. Yeah. 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 Blowout. You know, they, they, they killed them. In, it was like mm-hmm. Ingram and Valanciunas and then no one else. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they got a little bit more healthy for the next game. We'll still handle them. But now they have Zion playing in this game who hasn't played in either of the two first games. Uh, Trey Murphy. Did CJ play in the fir- first time? No, I don't think no, this is the first no, time CJ. first time CJ McCollum's playing against yeah. him too. Yep. So yep. I don't know if people are listening to this before the game tonight. Like, yeah, this is a, this is a different Pelicans team. And I would also say it's a different Pelicans team than if you watch that in-season tournament semifinal game where they got blown out. Maybe by they Rangers. enjoyed, maybe they enjoyed Vegas a little too much. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, they, they might've been the team that, that <laughs> maybe that maybe they partied a little too, too much when they got to Vegas. Uh, could, could be, could be, could be, could be, could be. The, who knows? The, the thing is, is that they were playing well before that. Uh, yes. They were and, playing and to, and even very to, well. Yeah. To, to get to that game. So th- yeah, this game, this game too is, you know, we're talking about those those top offenses. Uh, New Orleans at full strength can also be a you know a top ten or better offense. Mm-hmm. Just if Zion is is dictating, you have CJ and Trey Murphy and those guys spreading the floor around him. If Ingram's having an effective shooting night, Valanciunas on the offensive glass, like there's a real team. And yeah. um, like I don't know, I haven't I haven't seen today. I, I who do you think's should Pelicans. When I looked yesterday, the Pelicans were favored by like Interesting. two. Yeah, what, yeah, that's yeah. Um, which is an indication of that mm-hmm. team's at full strength. I don't yeah. know if I would agree with that. I, well, when we, maybe they didn't know about Ant either. I guess it'd be interesting to see if Ant plays. Um, what, how they, how Vegas would view that? Does it get back to it even? Yeah, but it's a. It point being, it's like a somewhat of a coin toss game tonight, I think in expectation for, for the result of it, which I'm excited to see. Yeah. And, <laughs> the last I, more I, and, and you, know, it, you know, to your, to your point about all the offenses they're going to see over the next uh, mm-hmm. 16 games here, especially this, this little stretch of five, mm-hmm. you know, on the flip side, I'd say, you know, I don't think many teams have faced a defense quite like the, the wolves, um, yeah. you know, and I think similarly, those teams are going to be tested. Yeah, no, they're they're probably the doing Wolves. the same thing. Right, right, it's exactly. Like, well, we've like, been oh, awesome at offense. Here, com- but here how comes many, the know? number one defense into town. Yeah. You know, like True. like the whatever whatever version of the Dane Moore podcast exists <laughs> in Miami and Philadelphia and and Dallas is probably doing the same thing. Right, yep. right, 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 right. Yeah. So we'll we'll see. Um, I'm I'm just excited to 
you know, it's, it's great that they've been winning, um, but it wasn't against good teams. Uh, it wasn't with Ant at full strength or playing. Like, I'm excited for this week of, of seeing this team play against better competition, having Ant back at some point this week closer to full strength. Like we said, maybe Jaden, uh, maybe Jordan McLaughlin. Like, yeah. I, I was, again, talking to Kyle about this after the last game. Like, if we're doing the luck rankings right now on injury luck, like the Wolves actually have, like, had decently bad injury luck this year, missing yeah. Jaden for half the time. Like, so maybe some of that. They, comes they've around. weathered it. They've weathered yep. it though because mm-hmm. because their defense is so solid, and with the ant injury, the timing was at least good. That when he got hurt, they entered a four game stretch of very winnable games right. without him. So they did get. Yes, they've had bad injury luck in the sense that one starter has been gone for half the season. Ants missed the last chunk here. Um, but at least they've weathered it and they had at least a little bit of decent timing with, with who they were playing in that stretch mm-hmm. as well. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that's why, all right, new chapter, new chapter of the right. season right now. Yep. This feels like we're past the end season tournament. I don't know, like quarter of the season is done. Mm-hmm. Um, what's next, you know, and that, that has to be the mentality that has to be the the ethos of that that consistency and we'll yeah we'll see starting tonight uh against the pelicans um jason and i will we'll be talking about that game um on one, or tuesday or wednesday we gotta figure out when we're doing that but that that's what's coming up next chris i appreciate you coming on and doing this today on a monday morning absolutely uh you see those brock purdy mvp odds recently dane <laughs> listen all bro- right listen all listen, right. listen brock purdy mvp odds. i was looking this up this morning Brock Purdy MVP odds at the beginning of the season were about what Timberwolves championship odds are right now, I think. It was about tw- plus 2,400 uh, in that range. So, you know, never say never, right? No. Hey, man, your Niners, they're rolling. I, I, whatever. I'm, I don't even, I don't want to be the rip on Brock Purdy guy. Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy's good. <laughs> Brock Purdy is good. There we go. There we go. I clip that, clip that yeah. and tweet it. <laughs> I just don't get how the NFL does determines value <laughs> of players, but that's why this is a basketball podcast. And plenty that's of right. people told me I was stupid for, for saying that when I had you on last week. <laughs> so now this is the Niners podcast. This yep. is the Niners podcast. Yep. Tell, tell Dane how wrong he is in the comments. Yep. <laughs> Uh, all right, he's a he's a Niners fan. He's Christopher Hine. You follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hine. Uh, yeah, till next Monday. Uh, well, Chris will be back next Monday. We'll do this again, and I will be back to talk to y'all with Jace um, after the Falcons game. Until then, he's Chris. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah, green and hot, so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah.